Hey everyone, Tessa Stuckey here with For the Sake of Our Youth. I just want to take a quick second to thank you for listening and joining me on this journey. This is a really scary world that we live in and being a parent is without a doubt the hardest job in the world. I am a mom of four, I'm a therapist, and now I'm an author. I'm so excited to announce that my book, For the Sake of Our Youth, was recently published in April. You can find it on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. As a therapist, I get this amazing advantage to hear what's going on in today's world for our youth, and I just can't be quiet about it, to understand what's going on in today's culture and how it's affecting our kids' emotions. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's not looking good. I have always said that I could talk about this forever, so much so that I could write a book about it. So I wrote the book about it, but I'm not done talking. So here we go. Ooh, also, sorry. If you're liking what you're hearing, go ahead and subscribe so that you get updated whenever there's a new episode that comes out. Maybe even leave a review. That would help other parents find this podcast easier. I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Also, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at the mom therapist. For more information, go to that's with an ey.com. Okay, so for today's episode, I have a new friend. Um, We connected so quickly. I could, I could honestly say now she's just a dear friend. Dr. Borba is an internationally renowned educator, award-winning author, and parenting child and bullying expert recognized for her solution-based strategies to strengthen children's empathy and social emotional intelligence, character, and reduce peer cruelty. Oh, I loved every single second of this interview. She is just filled with so like so much wealth of information on how to help build empathetic, emotionally aware, emotionally intelligent children. Her book, Unselfie, Why Empathetic Kids Succeed in Our All About Me World, It's so good. She's got nine essential habits that provide that empathetic advantage that that helps our kids grow and succeed. And anyways, I hope that this is a really helpful episode. I know that it is helpful just talking to her and my own parenting stuff, but I hope you enjoy it. Like it's going to rain, but anyway. I'm putting, I'm starting to record it right now because I have... I'm notorious for getting lost in conversation and never pushing record. So I, I think yeah. it was you who wrote me the email recently and you were like, this whole writing thing is a lonely. That would be me. It, well, it really is. And like, even, you know, I'm surrounded by wonderful people all the time, but it is so lonely writing a book. It really is. Well, yeah. it, what, what finally happened, I guess maybe it was a COVID thing. But I finally started reaching out. Uh, Madeline and I now um, Zoom like once a week. Yeah, good. Because you're like so fried. Okay, so we're going to talk about unselfie today. Perfect. Okay. On empathy and what's going on with kids and how that impacts. Do you have a copy of a press release or anything? I do have a copy at my office. I don't have it with me. Okay, that's I just no. Right I just now. wanted to know if you needed any information. No, you sent me a lot of information on it. Oh, and good for I, me. I do have um, a copy it's of so it. so good at office. writing stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay, so it's called Unselfie, Why Empathetic Kids Succeed in an 
all about me world. Yeah. And I love that. It's okay. I mean, when did it come out? 2016, I think. So in my book, what I love about talking with people like you is that you are expanding on parts of my book that I didn't expand on. So your book is almost like a a deeper look into some, something. I'm so glad to help you out. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I love it. And I love that you and I just going through your book and, and going through the stuff that you sent me, like we are so in line and on the same page with so much of this stuff. So let's talk about what you found that is causing a lack of empathy for our kids. So I, there's a list about 10 of them. 10 reasons. Yeah. I I got really interested in this topic because I was concerned about kids' mental health, just like you. And what I began to see that really concerned me was a study that was showed that today's American kids have dipped in empathy 40% in 30 years. Well, their narcissism, I'm better than you, has gone up 58%. Now that's Sarah Conrath and a number of others who have looked at 72 different studies. They're looking at incoming college freshmen, all diverse kids across the U.S. And for 30 years, they've been given this little simple narcissism test. If you see somebody looking upset, how likely are you to be upset? Uh They saw a nosedive, to answer your question, that started around the year 2000. Now I began to look at if it's starting to nosedive around the year 2000, Mm -hmm. what's happening? And I found that it was a combination of factors. Okay. In 2000, I was uh, 14. Ah, okay. Then you can answer this one. In 2000, what the number one thing that we discovered is that that's when kids began to be really plugged in. And we have discovered that the longer you look down Uh and text, Uh The, the more your emotional literacy goes sure, down sure. because you're not looking at a screen or a real life face-to-face. What yeah. I discovered, number one, is empathy needs emotional literacy in order yes. to, oh, she looks upset, so I'm going to go help him. Right. Our kids are also saying, middle school, they're now more comfortable texting than talking. Of course, we also right. did another thing, and that is we started to praise our kids to death. We Mm -hmm. focused so much on one side of the report card, and that was the GPA and what did you get, that we stopped asking them, what kind of thing did you try? Or what kind of thing did you do? So it wasn't one factor, it was multiple. We discovered that Ohio State said this fabulous research that our praise is important, but if you keep praising the kid versus the other child, you're better than him. Narcissism also starts to go up. Then play began to go down. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't have time for play. And what we discovered is that play, just sandbox, it's your turn and it's my turn, is the beginning uh-huh. stage to helping our kids learn empathy. No time for that because you've got to go to this activity, to this activity, to this activity. Yep. Then the news started to get more dismal mm-hmm. and all the movies started to get more dismal. And we discovered that as movies start to get more violent, not all movies, but some, and news begins to be more dismal, what happens is kids begin to lose that sense of optimism and they begin to take a nosedive again in their empathy because they see the world as a mean, scary place. You know what? There was at least 20 different factors. And I found that the fascinating thing is, I think that probably the fifth most important one is people begin to think of empathy as soft and fluffy and not Mm. transformational importance. So Mm -hmm. we sort of took it off of our parenting agenda 
We also thought it was going to take a PhD in order to, to really help our kids learn it. Uh -huh. When in reality, when I started to write on Selfie, I realized, hey, this is really simple. The first step is let's model it. And right. let's also get, look at adults are behaving very badly these exactly. days. So they don't yep. have anybody to look at who's modeling right. it right. right. Number two is expect it. And that is just tell your kids it's important. What are my values in my house? I'm not Absolutely. saying stop the GPA, but yeah. I'm saying let's also weave this also in. Yeah. And the third thing is opportunities to be kind and good. Those are mm -hmm. the three beginning trifecta of how you help. And then what I did in Unselfie is look at over 300 ideas and ways that are easy. Don't do them all or your kid will never let you read another book. But yeah. find a couple of things <laughs> that work for you and your family. And what we're going to do is raise mentally healthier kids because I, I swear empathy is the seeds of resilience. Yeah. I, um, in my book and in my practice, I work with parents and I, I do an exercise that I call your parenting philosophy. And uh -huh. I have parents come up with two or three core values and goals that they want for their child. Bef they want to instill in their child before they leave for college or for the real yes. world. Yes. And so I always share mine and my number one is, well, one, I want my kid to stay alive. So that's number one. <laughs> Two is kindness. I want yeah. so desperately, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit less, not a little bit. I am much more concerned with my child being a kind hearted human being than yeah. getting an A on his report card. Yeah. Now, do I love when they get A's? Absolutely. But more importantly, how are you in this world as a person? What is your character, your morals, and your values? That's the most important thing to me as a mom. There's a really interesting point. You just said that your number one thing is you want to keep your kid alive. Yeah. And don't we all? Right. But they've also done longitudinal studies on which kids do stay healthier and live longer. Uh -huh. Number one trait is they're kind and they're connected with other people. Oh so my if we gosh, don't have that, that, it's an incredible grant study that actually at Harvard was looking at who lives the longest? Yeah. Who's the yes. healthiest? The 75-year study, right? Who's the happiest? Yep going on forever. So yeah. there you go. I think the value of that empathy and the kindness, the kindness piece is the trajectory toward empathy. Yeah. So the more your kid begins to just hold the door open for somebody or right. smile or say hello, those simple little things. Yeah. You may be wearing a mask, but so what? You can still do yeah. it with your eyes. You well, can still sure. wave. You can still say hi. Yes. They discovered is that children who then see the impact of that gesture. The other kid smiles back. The other kid yes. says hello. The other kid's friendlier. Yes. That's one of the simplest ways to build empathy because now your kid begins to develop an empathetic mindset. And they I love see that. themselves as a caring person. Yes. So they're more likely to repeat it without you saying, aren't you being kind? Yep. And that's and what you want. Good. You want it that feels kid to internalize good. that image. Yep. Yeah, I love that. So, okay, so how do we raise, other than modeling, Modeling. What else? What are the other? Um, there's nine, right? Nine. Well, what I discovered habits. is that when I first realized empathy is nose diving, the yeah. second thing I started realizing, okay, can we do anything about it? Yes. All of the science says, sure you can. Your kids are hardwired for it. It right. can be cultivated. Yeah. You just need to be intentional. So the second mm -hmm. step is put it on your parenting agenda. I'm going mm -hmm. to raise a kind kid. Yes. Then third is saying, so what am I going to do to raise a kind kid? Mm -hmm. uh, 
I also discovered that empathy is made up of nine habits. Okay. So if you looked at this as your parenting framework, mm -hmm. you choose which ones matter most to you. We've already discussed the first one, which is emotional literacy. Yes. You've got to have emotions and emotional vocabulary and being able to recognize, oh, she looks upset or he yes. sounds distressed or understanding. Oh, yeah. Because, so what you do there is real easy. Just start watching the movie inside out. Just start saying, let's look at daddy's face. How does he feel today? Mm -hmm. Let's listen to grandma's voice tone when you're FaceTiming and you'll know when it's time to say goodbye because she's starting to be tired. Oh, let's get right. a puppy. Let's get a puppy and we'll know when puppy's happy and when puppy's sad. Uh -huh. There's like thousands of ideas. Let's read great children's literature soul and let's read Charlotte's Web. And yes. let's look at when does Charlotte feel sad? When is she okay. happy? The simplest thing we also know is we're not talking emotions far enough. We do a far better job. I'll say this as a mother of three boys. Mm -hmm. We do a far better job with our daughters, says research, than with our mm -hmm. sons. Starting okay. at age two, when yeah, they watched two. us behind two-way mirrors, already our girls were getting a, a lead oh up because gosh. we'd always talk to our girl. Oh, you look so happy, sweetheart. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so proud that you did that. Oh my yes. gosh, what a caring, kind thing. And to our boys at age two, the Yale studies found we're more likely to say, boys don't cry. Mm -hmm. Your friend won't like you when you, when you feel like oh, that. No. So yeah. start talking emotions far more because the second habit is moral identity. You yeah. also talked about that one already. Yeah. You have to have a philosophy in your family of what we stand for. I, I interviewed dozens of kids who teachers said, go find out how that kid was raised because she's so altruistic. So I actually went up to a kid and I'd go one by one. Okay, all the teachers say you're really altruistic. Uh -huh. How'd you get that way? Every kid said it was how I was raised. Oh, so I okay. would say, oh, do tell how yes, you were tell raised. Tell me more. My favorite idea goes right into what you just said my uh, this her name was um was meredith perlin she mm -hmm. said when i was six my mom and dad said come to the family room and my mom my mom and dad were there with my brothers and all these these big old chart papers and marking pens were all over the floor dad said have a seat eat some popcorn and we're going to brainstorm what kind of family we want to be Oh, How do like we want to be remembered? Can you imagine that if we did that with our kids? With every family, yeah. Every family. Oh, we brainstormed, and she said, pretty yes. soon, mom wrote down every single word, and we ran out of paper, like caring and kind and oh. respect and responsible and honest yeah. and trustworthy. And dad said, oh, these are great, but we can't be them all. Right. So which is the one we want to be. And uh -huh. we all chose, all five of us chose caring, and we oh. became the caring Perlins. That was our oh, motto. I love it. And I said, there, here's the best part. I said, okay, Marilyn, how'd you remember it? She said, laugh. It was impossible not to. My <laughs> mother must have said it 50 times a day. Remember where the caring girl is. She'd drop us off at school. Remember where the caring girl is. She, she actually took a great big, huge piece of wood and she had it engraved, caring pearlins and put it outside. My mom and dad said it so much, we became it. Yeah, and that's how I love you instill that. a caring mindset. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. Okay. So, but wait, really quick to go back since I was yep. 14 in 2000 and yep. you were saying that that's when you saw that a lot of kids were looking down at screens. Um, I don't think I was. Well, I, look how kind hearted you are. 
Thank you. Ha-ha. I <laughs> look at what I, you chose as your look at what you chose. You chose kindness. Sorry to argue here, but yeah, you're right. Somehow you got it someplace else, and it means that someplace in your home, you may not yeah. have been looking down, not up, but it was addressed, or there yeah. was. Here's number nine in in the nine habits uh-huh. is altruistic change making. Yeah. You had opportunities probably to do good. Maybe yeah. baking cookies for the neighbor next door yes. or an extra pie for mom down the street yeah. or doing service for somebody around the corner or yeah. hundreds of kids. Oh God, I cried my way through that chapter because they said, Nate, Nate age nine. Mm-hmm. Has, and now he's a big teen and he's extremely altruistic and mm-hmm. very smart. But he mm-hmm. said, it was the moment in the car when we were driving on a really windy cold day and I saw a man out in the street and he was all by himself and he looked so sad and I said mom can you stop the car and maybe I can give this overcoat extra coat to this guy my mom stopped the car she let me give my dad's coat to the man can you imagine he said but here's the most amazing moment he says I gave it to him the man caught a little teary-eyed he said thank you I got in my car sat in the back seat and kept looking out the rear view mirror at that man. He kept waving at me and I kept saying, oh my gosh, I made that man feel so good. I said, what'd you do? He said, well, the time I got home, I had to find every overcoat and blanket there was. I canvassed them all. I got the kids down the street to start putting them together. We started delivering them. It changed my life because my mom let me do that. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that story. Yeah, that's, that's chapter huge. nine. I, I There's so many fun little stories that yeah. get into a crying jag. But what I realized is that the research confirmed it. And so I kept writing the research on Unselfie, but I also said, yeah. ask the kids. And the kids were wonderful. A 16-year-old, a 16-year-old who had to do service learning. Boy. Uh-huh. I said, yeah. how'd you get into service learning? He says, I didn't want to do service learning. Mm-hmm. So my mom tricked me. So what did she do? Well, I was dating this girl who I really liked. My mom bonded with her, my girlfriend's mother. They connected <laughs> together. They, they decided that we were going to go to a homeless shelter and we were going to, the four of us work together. Can you believe that? <laughs> but the most amazing thing is uh, I started liking it. Yes. And the other thing is I started learning about my mom. I went oh. away to college. He said the most amazing thing happened. I love my mom even more because I yeah. found out when I went away, she's still working at that homeless oh, shelter. Oh, I love that, that kind of stuff. Follow your kid's lead. Yes. Find what turns your child on because yep. this all sounds lovely and wonderful. Yeah. It's not about what looked good on a resume. Right. We now know that giving, not getting, is yes. the best way to reduce our kids' stress. Yes. The best way to give them hope. Yes. The best way to see themselves in it as a caring, wonderful human being yeah. who has purpose and meaning in their life. And it's a lot simpler than we think. I, I talk a lot about the power of purpose with everyone, not just kids, you know. And currently, my nine year old, uh, so my oldest is nine, and then I have a seven year old, and then my twins are five. So they're kind of, they're all young. And my nine year old the other day, was crying and he doesn't cry often. He has big emotions and he really doesn't cry. And he just said, you know, I'm just not feeling good lately. And I said, yeah, I mean, life is different. We don't get to spend time with friends and to kind of go with, I'm definitely not a tiger parent at all. Like we, 
I like avoid activities that I don't see any. Yeah. That's a whole nother conversation, but especially with COVID happening, I mean, we really just aren't in anything. It's actually really nice to just not have all these places to be. I don't, I honestly don't understand how parents do it during the week. Like homework, yeah. they get home yeah. from school at four and yeah. I mean, there's no time. And it's and nonstop. Yeah. And I prioritize sleep yeah. for my children because so many kids are lacking sleep in this world. And I, I make that a big priority. So if, if that means they get home at four, they're in bed by like seven, seven thirty. that only gives us three and a half hours. I'm not going to be racing them around to all the practice. Anyway, I just went off on a little tangent, but, um, <laughs> I don't even, Oh, so he was saying, I just feel so useless lately. And I said, okay, that's a big, that's a big emotion to feel. And that's the last thing I want you to feel, but how do you think you could feel more useful? And he said, well, I want to help. Like the other day you were putting Christmas lights up and you wouldn't let me help. I said, okay, fair enough. So you want to be more helpful around the house? And he said, yeah, but I want to do more. I said, okay. So we sat there and he was like, like, isn't there anything we can do for the holidays that would be helpful? And I said, yeah. So I, I was able to fall onto this website that tells you all the different organizations in your area. And we found one called the Linus Project. Have you heard of this? Mm. And it's an organization where you bring new or newly made blankets to this organization and they bring them to the hospitals for kids. Perfect. And so guess what we did this weekend? We went straight to Joanne's Fabric, picked out 10 different fabrics, came home and started making those cute fleece tie blankets that are no sew. You don't have to sew anything. And we're going to drop it off this weekend at the organization. And we're not done with all of them yet, but, um, it Could just I was see, I love that. Can I make one suggestion? Please. When you drop it off yeah. because in COVID you can't see the response. Yeah. The research is now saying you'll get an even better high, that child, your incredible son, if he sees the impact on the person. Yes, if I believe you could that. ever have the nurse or the homeless person take a picture the moment they that it, it is delivered. Okay. What we now know is that image is elevates empathy. Oh, I love that. It's so okay. much more powerful, particularly if they see just one person, like Nate, yeah. when he saw the yes. impact yes. of giving the the and he kept looking behind yes. him yeah he kept looking because he saw the look in that person's it's eye it's huge it's huge there you know i know you mentioned covid but i just in service uh, and was talking to a number of kids teens who had the exact same concern as your son yeah, yeah. i'm lonely i'm worried about my friends and how can i help yeah so we brainstormed and they came up with the most amazing ideas they're worried about some of their friends who they said they don't have resources to get to the counselor. They are really yeah. feeling lonely. They're yeah. anxious. What can you do? I said, they came up with, we're making um, quarantine gift bags. I said, how's that work? We're social distancing, Dr. Yeah. Borba. We're not, we're, we're doing this all yeah. by ourselves in our own mm-hmm. home. We're Zooming. Well, we're coming up with who are friends that need some, who need to be lifted up. Yes. So we're using lunch bags, this uh-huh. size, you know, just a small size lunch bag. We decorate yeah. the outside, but inside what we do is we put a couple of homemade cookies in it. We put some pencils or some fun little gifts or a whatever. coloring book or something. And and I, uh, just a handwritten note no. saying we missed you. Then what we do 
each one of us, we do driveway drop-offs. Our parents take us to the house. We drive it at the drop it off at the end of the driveway. I said, "How is it? How's it going?" The, each one of them started to cry. Oh, Every God. single kid we've dropped it off calls us sobbing. Oh, Thank you. I didn't know that anybody cared. Yeah. And so we have to do more. We yes. have to keep going. Yes. We're talking simple ideas. Oh Other kids God. are doing the sidewalk chalk. Just yeah. simple sidewalk chalk out in the yeah. backyard or yes. down in the street. Yes. Of simple little notes. We can't yes. get just inside. We can't see our friend. But yes. we just want to know that we miss them. So we just take well, chalk and we write on the, so on the street. Yeah. See, there's to so me, many ideas. We just yeah. need to be creative. We do. We need to be creative. But I also think if we're, we kind of dig back to our experience when we were kids and we didn't have technology and we had to write letters or go over to the house just to wave and drop something off, you know, it could be as simple as thinking back when you were you know, 10 years old in the summer, you weren't in school and you were at home a lot. What did you do with your time and how did you connect with your friends? You know, and we're at a reset moment in parenting. Exactly. Unprecedented. We yes. will never have this opportunity. Yes. So it's like, okay, fast forward. Pretty soon the vaccine will be here and pretty soon the doors yes. will open. Yep. What do you want your kids to remember? Exactly. And well, I, when we look at those, we look at the nine habits. We talked about emotional literacy. We talked about moral identity. Number uh -huh. three is perspective taking. That's the cognitive side of empathy, of getting into the shoes of the other person. Yes. And maybe it's that simple question that helps radiate all these kids. How would you feel if you're sitting at home by yourself? Yes. What would you need in order to feel yes. better? When you get a little older, how do you think she feels? What does yes. she need? We're going to make some quarantine bags. Yeah. That perspective taking takes that. you up a notch. Yeah. The fourth one's the best one, My, as the former teacher. It's called moral imagination. Oh, I love and that. That yeah. is using books that we can read with our kids, put uh, have fun, put sheets over the top of our dining room tables and make them into reading forts. And every day at a certain time, get pillows underneath, oh, drag the kids yes. with the flashlights. Everybody read to yourself or read out loud. Yes. What they discovered is that emotionally charged books, the kind we remember when we heard as kids, uh -huh. whether it's Charlotte's Web or The Outsiders or yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird or mm. whatever, wonder why is it the best-selling book right now for kids because right. i can get into the shoes and know what he feels like yes yes so harry powerful. potter that's literary fiction and it's moral imagination yes so be powerful. selective on what you read right now read with yeah. your kids because it's this incredible opportunity to see yes. with another side empathy is we not me and once we yes. stretch our kids to think we uh habit number seven is collaboration yep. Mm -hmm. So what you can do on collaboration, real simple. You can't maybe have those play dates, but you can Zoom them. Yes. What you just talked about is some of our kids don't have those hobbies, but we do know what hobbies are a sign of resilience and book reading is a sign of resilience. So maybe get a few kids together uh -huh. and do those but make those blankets those, together. Yeah, I love that. And you know, with all boys, my kids love forts and love anything where yeah. they're underneath with sheets around. Them. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I love that. Something that my husband and I stopped and noticed during the real lockdown and quarantine was how nice it was to spend time together on yeah. the weekends instead yeah. of getting lost in all the projects and laundry and then birthday parties and karate practice and 
all this stuff, you know, we're actually sitting around and playing games together and spending time together, which we were doing that before, but not as much and not as long. It was always kind of rushed. Like, yes, I'll play Uno with you, buddy, but then we got to go in 20 minutes, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so we, I remember when things were opening up, looking at my husband and saying, you know, we could continue living this lifestyle, even if the rest of the world is not. And we both, well, you're kind of slipping your kids into it. So now they're getting yeah. used to it. Yeah. And what the kids are telling us is they like it. Yes. They like playing the games. They like yes. reading the books. They, they like, like to be able to learn a hobby. Parents. They yes. like grandma over the over, you know, Zoom teaching them yes. how to knit. Whatever yes. it is, find that memory that's gonna last a lifetime. Uh, yes. And that's what you're doing because the other thing it does is teach your child to cope. And yes. habit five is self-regulation. Yeah. So, so you're speaking what, my language. That's I know. I I, I'm, I'm just going, as soon as I said that, I went, yep. I think she's going to buy into this yep. one, but it has an <laughs> empathy piece. And yep. that is as stress builds, you dial your empathy down yeah. because you have to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And the only way to keep your empathy up, which is where mental health <laughs> is, is that you got to teach your kids coping skills. Yeah. So so That's, a lot of my work is the the fact that kids today and teenagers today lack resilience. Yeah. And they have to learn how to cope without a screen right in front of them. They yeah. have to learn how to be bored. They have to learn how to struggle through hardships because yeah. it's inevitable. And what what we see all the time is starting at a young, young age, you know, one years old, the baby starts fussing at the restaurant table and mom just slaps a phone or an iPad right in front of it so that he won't fuss anymore. And it, that's the very beginning and they never learn how to cope or self-regulate yeah, or enjoy their own company. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So maybe that's another thing. It's like, maybe it's seven o'clock every night, the alarm goes off and everybody takes a moment to take a book or take yes. a, a puzzle or take yes. whatever it is and by yourself for yes. just a few minutes. Yes. Enjoy your company. And the other thing you get to enjoy is solitude. Yes. Just peace and calm and quiet. In fact, so, what yeah. you can also set up is calm down, calm down corners in your house. Oh, I like Without that. purchasing a thing, have your kid help you set it up. Uh-huh. What, do you, what do you like to help you stay calm? Mm. And some kids will say it's a koosh ball. Others will say yeah. music, download yeah. some really good ones on your iPad. Yeah. Other kids that those glitter jars yes. or maybe um, it could be books. And then mm-hmm. all you need to do is just put some pillows or yeah. some soothing stuff in a corner. Mm-hmm. And anytime you kind of start to feel yourself getting a little agitated, yep. make a signal in your house that's just maybe like a timeout signal. Mm-hmm. Don't say a word. It just means I need some space. Yep. Mom gets to use the space too yep. <laughs> and go sit and veg. But what you'll have uh, is a thing that now kids know, here's what I can do yes. in order to cope. Yes. to get myself regulated. I and love we're that. not doing that. We're the ones that are the regulators. Yes. So our kids never learn Thank that. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So with my second book, and I'm not going to go too deep into it, but it's all about something that I call emotional hygiene. Because oh, I, I, don't, I don't love the term self-care because yeah. I don't believe people look at all the different layers of self-care. So that's why I call it emotional hygiene because it's much more than just having a glass of wine or going and getting a massage. Or a right? bubble bath. Yeah. <laughs> and so the I break it down into four categories. And the fourth category is spiritual. And that's really another word for that is I don't I use I don't use the word coping skills either because 
well, it's just a trigger for a lot of my teenage clients, but, um, so spiritual in the spiritual section, all I say to my clients is this is the time when you're alone and you want to be productive and get benefit from that alone time. What do you do to lift your spirits? And that's where they write out all their, I journal, I read, I listen to music, I pray, I meditate, whatever I dance, I draw. And those are their coping skills. And they've never thought of it that way. You know, I love that. It's just, it's just an easy way for me to tell them, okay, what can you do to lift your spirits? So I think, oh my gosh, I love that with the, the calm down corner, the lift your spirits list. Um, I love that there. I think that's a great combination. And I know, uh, my you know, son, I think the other thing is obvious. I think the key that we're going to be careful about, but parents have to, uh-huh. is that each kid has their own way to be yep. lift their spirit yes. and we can't put ours on our kids so no, maybe and- the best parenting thing is to figure out what works for your kid yep. i was interviewing a group of teens i love this kid her name was natalie i'll never forget her she was mm-hmm. 14 and i said okay natalie what do you do to lift your spirit and she said oh well, i got a playlist i said oh what's on your playlist now she the first thing she said is well, it's music. I find music that helps me stay soothing. Uh-huh. She looked at me and she goes, actually, your music from your generation is better than our music because you guys have less oh, beats. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I finally got some points. So <laughs> she has this perfect list. She said, when I need to be calmer, I listen to Mozart. I said, well, what happens when you do something really good? She said, oh, I crank it up real loud. It's Elton John. I'm still standing. And I just pace the house and I'm going, how fabulous is that? She's figured what works for her. And that's what she relies on to lift her spirits. Oh, Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. That's huge. I think the most important thing is number one, you can cultivate these habits. Yeah. Uh, Don't do them all at once. Right. Because I think the other thing that we need to keep in mind is that when you look at the nine habits, like emotional literacy is number one, moral identity, two, Uh perspective taking, three, a moral imagination is four, then comes five, self-regulation, six is um, kindness rituals, keep practicing them, seven is collaboration doing we kind of things, not me kind of things. Then comes eight is um, moral courage, helping Uh kids speak up and speak out. The nine is the altruistic doing the service and back. Yeah. Look at that as your parenting framework. It's a womb to tomb scenario. Ask yourself which ones you're already doing and just check it off and go, got that, done that. that." Yeah. And where's the missing void? Which ones do your kids need? Then you zero in on that habit. Just, Just turn to that chapter in the book. Yeah. Find one thing. Their age activity is age related. So find what works for your kids. Yeah. The most important piece of advice is don't just do it once. Keep that doing it a minimum of about 21 days. Yes. What'll happen is it'll become a family habit. When yes. your kid requests it, let's do that calm down corner thing, mom. Mm-hmm. You'll know it's starting to be internalized. Now you can add the next one. I yeah. think we overwhelm ourselves and get our own self burned out. Yes. by trying to do too much. Yes. And the other thing we, we fail to, to kind of keep in mind is that the best way to teach these habits is teach them to yourself and then you can do them together as a family. Yes. And how cool is that? I mean, yeah. maybe it's belly breathing. Well, let's all do right. it together because I'm working on it and I can't figure out right. how to do that exhale, inhale thing that gives yeah. me that relaxation. So you guys help mom 
Yep. And they take that on as, okay, mom, I got you. I love that. In our house, we have something called the turnaround. And my listeners have heard me talk about this plenty. So I'll probably edit this part out, but I'll share with you. So when my four, my oldest son was four, um, so that means he was four. I had a two-year-old and then the twins were newborn. He was throwing. Oh, you're on the two-year plan like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Fun>. Okay. <laughs> All diapers, all at the same day. Yeah, um, all boys. Yeah. Um, he was throwing a fit over something silly like the wrong colored socks or something. And we were trying to get out the door. And since I'm such like a big believer that attitudes are contagious, I start getting flustered. And I know that the babies are going to get flustered and my two-year-old's going to get flustered. And the four-year-old's already throwing a fit. And I looked at him with my best mom voice and face. And I said, you better turn that attitude around or we're not going to go. And he looked at me with like the meanest, cutest little face. And he literally turned his whole body around 360 oh. came back with a smile. <laughs> it was the best thing in the entire world because I started laughing. He started laughing, even though he didn't really know why I was laughing. And it became a thing in our house called the turnaround. And so now we call each other out on it and we'll say, I think you need to do a turnaround. And I allow my kids to call me out on it too. Yeah. Or I will say, I think yeah. I need to do a turnaround. I can't seem to get out of this bad mood. I'm sorry. I just yelled. Let me go take a couple minutes to breathe. And then I'm going to do a turnaround. And now my kids are older. So I'll say something like, I think you need to go to your room. And maybe now I'll say, go to the calm corner. Cause I like that better, but I'll say, you need to remove yourself and like, calm you know, calm yourself down a little bit. And then when you're ready for a turnaround, let me know and I'll do one with you. Um, but while they were little, they would, we would go to the mirror and make a really mean face into the mirror and then turn around and have a big smile. And it's just, it's funny and silly and it has a hundred percent success rate. And because in our family, because and, it works in your family, it's yes. your family's yep. deal. It is. That's the key. Make yep. it yours and the kids. And even, I love it. This was the kid came up with it too. Yes. It was, it was See, the best so thing much better. Happened. Yep. Fine. Now, so, I mean, now, you know, yeah. I'll call my husband out, like we'll be ready to go out to eat or something. He'll just be kind of grumpy and I'll be like, you need to do a turnaround before we go. And oh. I mean, instantly he'll just start laughing and turn around. I mean, it's such a silly, like you're literally turning around and it's just funny and it, yeah, it works for our family. Absolutely. And so I love, oh my gosh, I love everything you're saying. And I could probably talk to you for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> oh, me too. I think we're in sync, I, I <laughs> but it's agree. so fun. But I think that's the bottom line. Find yes. what works for you yes. and keep repeating it yes. until it becomes a habit in your home. Yeah. It'll also become a memory. 40 yes. years from now, you're going to be at a family reunion and you're going to hear your kids. Remember when we used, we used to do to that do family turnaround? Turn oh <laughs> gosh. How is oh that? my gosh. That's really funny. I love that. Yes. Um, well, okay. Really quick. I'm, we're not going to get into it, but you have a new book coming out. Will you really quickly just share with my listeners what the new book is? Oh, thanks for asking. It has been a 40-year, seriously, journey. Ooh, okay. I have, I started out as a special ed teacher, and what I realized is that some kids were thriving despite immense adversity. Wow. And then I began to see that research substantiates it. Mm -hmm. I looked at some real longitudinal studies that say there are certain things that you can teach kids that help them become resilient. So what I did is identify seven teachable traits those are the traits of thrivers. They're all based on science, 
not only though are they based on science to help resilience, they also reduce stress, they increase mental health, they increase performance. The book's called Thrivers, The Surprising Reasons Why Some Kids Struggle and Others Shine. Uh, and it's set up kind of like on selfie. And it's instead of nine habits, there's seven with dozens of pieces of research. The other thing was so fun is that I went into classrooms prior to COVID and I observed some of the best things I've ever seen that were so simple uh -huh. uh, and then found some of the best stories of people who really had obstacles. From Elizabeth Smart, who was kidnapped, uh -huh. what she said helped her overcome it. What did her mother say to her? Uh, Michael Jordan, how his mother raised him to be yeah. a perseverer. Uh -huh. So uh, Einstein, how his parents raised him to be curious. It's yeah. What we discover is that resilient kids are made, not born. Yeah, We've okay. just gotta add it to our plate. It's not DNA, it's things we do. And boy, if there's ever a moment that we know our kids need to be resilient it's and thrive, now. it's now. Absolutely. So it's coming out March 2nd. Thank okay. you for asking, Thrivers. So will you come back and talk to me about oh, this? I would love to come okay. back and talk. Okay. Thank you. Because I'll release this episode and then you and I can talk again about Thrivers because just, you know, a lot of my book is focuses on two problems that our kids are lacking connection and lacking yep. resilience. Yep. So I need, yep. I want to hear all about your seven um, helpful yep. tips for building kids with resiliency. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I'm so glad we were able to do this. Oh, and I loved speaking with you. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, thank you. good. Well, I hope everybody um, benefits from this episode. I know that they will. I just know they will. Where can people find out more about you? Oh, thank you. My website, I'm Michelle Borba. I'm a one L Michelle. So it's M I C H E L E Borba rhymes with Zorba. So Michelle Borba, um, there you go. I'm on Twitter at Michelle Borba, uh, and thrivers and on selfie or on Amazon on yeah. selfie is in audio form so you can listen to it and read it digital form or paperback or Perfect. hardback there yeah. you go okay awesome well um okay well we'll do this again thank you all right bye bye-bye so if you guys are liking what you're hearing i would love it if you could give me some feedback actually scratch that even if you especially if you don't like what you're hearing. I love feedback. Even if it's not the nicest, I want to hear all about it. Even if it's about crappy audio or I edited something weird or I said a word in a weird way, which that does happen sometimes. Anything or I'm smacking my gum, which I'm trying not to do. I'm trying not to have gum when I record. Um, anything or if I'm saying um too much or talking too much, whatever, I want to hear it. And so before you go, just, hey, that's like that song. I love that song. <clears throat> Can I sing? You want me to sing it for you? So before you go, you know what I mean? Was there something I could have said to make your heart beat better? If only I'd have known you had a storm to weather. I think I'm going to make that like my theme song. Well, I can't make it my theme song, but... So, before you go, was there something I could have said to make it all stop hurting? Kills me how your mind can make you feel so worthless. So, before you go, 
I like that. <laughs> For those of you who don't know me, I love to sing even if I shouldn't. So there you go. Leave me a review on the podcast, on Apple Podcasts. I would love it. I would really appreciate it. Write me, DM me, whatever. Go to the link in my bio on Instagram at the mom therapist, and there's a tab there that says Ask Tessa. You can literally call in a question or comment or feedback or whatever. Just let me know. I love interacting with people, and because of COVID, I haven't had the chance to do that as much. So, yeah, talk to me. 